We're going to go get started. Everybody have their shofars ready? Come on, we have to have a couple. All right. There's a few of us out there. All right, let's tighten up. We're going to hear the word of Yahweh spoken, Numbers 10.10. Again, we read this for every Shabbat, feast day, and new moon. Numbers 10.10. And in the day of your gladness and in your appointed times and at the beginning of your new moons, you shall blow the trumpets over your ascending offerings and over your slaughterings of peace offerings. They shall be a remembrance for you before your Elohim. I am Yahuwah, your Elohim. Praise Yah. All right, let's lift up an ascending offering to the Most High, which, of course, is our prayers. Father Yahuwah, the Elohim of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, we just come before you, Father, and by the blood of Messiah, Husha, your son, whom all of us here in this room believe in and want to follow with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Father, we just present ourselves as an assembly set apart to you, O Yahuwah, on this most set apart day. And Father, we just ask that you'd be here with us and to rejoice with us as we read your word as we discuss how amazing you are, Father, and how our fear is towards you and none alone. And, Father, we know that you protect your people. That's what your word says. And, Father, we're here to say that our fear is towards you and we love you. And we thank you for the Shabbat, which is a gift to us. And we just ask that you'd help us to be um, men and women of Yahuwah, of truth and of righteousness, to be good, good husbands and good wives, good parents to our children, to raise them up in the way, to train them, Father, in the way you've told us. Father, we just want to be a ready people waiting for the return of Messiah Yahushua. In his name we do pray. Amen. So, <clears throat> um, something I wanted to discuss today. I want to talk about money in the last days. Banks, dollars, gold, silver, Bitcoin, and the true fear of Yahuwah. Everybody been hearing about what's been going on in the financial world? Some of you are like, I don't really care. But it seems to be the next big thing. We know what happened 2020 over the last couple of years, the pandemic. That was the fear that they were selling. That was their flavor at that time. The current flavor is a financial crisis. And I think a lot of us knew that this was coming for many, for many years. But the banks be failing. I mean, the money has been funny money since 1971 when the, the dollar was taken off the, the gold standard. And I want to recognize that it is very biblical to prepare. Make sure your family is taken care of. Make sure there's provisions. Proverbs says a wise man sees the danger coming. We know what Joseph did after he was instructed from the Most High. But I also want to take a look at all these things with a biblical lens, a scriptural lens. Because guess what? If we listen too much with what's going on in the world, we're going to be listening to the world. And though that we're in the world, we're not of the world, correct? So I want to talk about this, what's going on from a biblical perspective. Because I have been hearing from a lot of people. And even listening to alternative media, they're still just, they're just pushing the same fear that mainstream media is pushing. Right? 
So anyways, if you didn't know, uh, some major banks have been failing. Silicon Valley Bank, um, Signature, a couple others, Credit Suisse. There's, there's a lot going on in the financial uh, sector right now. And I just want to point out that I believe everything is scripted. I'm thankful that Ryan pointed out to me that the major bank, which is the center point of all this right now, is um, Silicon Valley Bank. Their headquarters, their address is 3003. Of course, that 33, that's like their Freemason marker. Just to let you know, hey, this is us. This is what we're doing. Uh, and then a couple months ago, you had the FTX, FTX collapse with uh, the, the man's name being Bankman Fried, right? And so I feel like they're just mocking us, right? It's just a big old joke. But let's start, because we know things are coming. The Word tells us these things. are. Let's start in the book of Revelation 6. If you would, get your swords out to the book of Revelation chapter 6. We know these things are coming. And so I want to talk about it. But I want to talk about it from a scriptural point of view. Let's go to Revelation 6. Revelation 6, verse 5. Listen, it says, When he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And see that you hurt not the oil and the wine. Now, if we don't know our Bibles, we don't know that this is actually not as bad as it gets. A day's wage for a loaf of bread, that's not as bad as it's gotten before. Anybody ever read the book of 2 Kings? Let's go there real quick. 2 Kings 6. And you'll see that Working for a day's wage for a loaf of bread actually isn't all that bad. It's going to get way worse than that. Way worse. 2 Kings 6. We're going to start at verse 24. 2 Kings 6, 24. This is the time of Elisha. Elisha. And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria gathered all his hosts, and went up and besieged Samaria. Now listen to this. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver, 40 pieces of silver for the head of a donkey. How much food do you think is on that? 40 pieces of silver. And listen to this. And a fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. And if you keep reading on, it got so bad that they ate their children. That, that, and, and, we, and we, as we know, the tribulation that's coming to this world is way worse than anything we've ever seen. So having a day's wage for a loaf of bread, that's actually the good part. Let's go a little bit further. Let's go to 2 Kings 7. And you'll see this. You'll see this is quoted in Revelation. 2 Kings 7. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of Yahuwah. Thus says Yahuwah, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. And that was the rescue from the famine. Brothers and sisters, as we know, something rough is coming to this world. Let's go to Zephaniah. And so the message I want to share with you today is not a comfy one. 
but I believe a timely one that Yas people needs to hear. Maybe everyone in this room already knows everything I'm about to say, but maybe there's someone online that needs to hear this. But maybe we just need to remind ourselves of what's really going to happen and what, what is really before us. And it should be sobering to know what's coming. That should give us the more, even the more zeal to be long-suffering and patient and loving with those who Yah puts in front of us to share the testimony of Yahusha and the keeping of the commandments thereof. Zephaniah 1. The word which came unto Zephaniah, the son of Cushai, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, Amariah sorry, the son of Hezekiah, in the days of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, I will con- utterly consume all things from off the land, says Yahuwah. I will consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of the heaven and the fishes of the sea and the stumbling blocks with the wicked. And I will cut off man from the land, says Yahuwah. I will also stretch out my hand upon Judah and upon all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. I will cut off the remnant of Baal from this place and from the name of the Kemarims with the priests. And them that worship the host of heaven upon the housetops. And them that worship and swear by Yahuwah. And that swear by Malcam. This is people with one foot in, one foot out. This is the lukewarm. And them that are turned back from Yahuwah. And those that have not sought for Yahuwah, nor inquired for him. Hold your peace at the presence of Yahuwah Elohim. For the day of Yahuwah is at hand. For Yahuwah has prepared a sacrifice. He has bid his guests. And it shall come to pass in the day of Yahuwah's sacrifice. That I will punish the princes and the king's children and all such as are clothed with strange apparel. Does that not sound like our time? In the same day also I will punish all those that leap on the threshold, which fill their master's houses with violence and with deceit. And it shall come to pass in that day, says Yahuwah, that there shall be the noise of a cry from the fish gate, and a howling from the second, and a great crashing from the hills. How, ye inhabitants of Maktesh, for all the merchant people are cut down, All they that bear silver are cut off. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem with candles and punish the men that are settled on their lees, on their their ease. They're like, ah, all is well. That say in their heart, Yahweh will not do good, neither will he do evil. Listen to this. Therefore their goods shall become a booty and their houses a desolation. And they shall build houses but not inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards, but not drink the wine thereof. The great day of Yahuwah is near. It is near and hastes greatly. Even the voice of the day of Yahuwah, the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the shofar and alarm against the fence cities and against the high towers. And I will bring distress upon men, that they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against Yahuwah, and their blood shall be poured out as dust, and their flesh as the dung. Now listen to this. So with all the scurrying about of what's going on in the financial sector, and neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of Yahuwah's wrath, but the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy, for he shall make even a speedy riddance of all them that dwell in the land. So the word of Yahweh says, so it's not even about pulling your dollars out of the banks and putting it into silver and in gold and all these other assets. All that is going to be nothing, for nothing. 
He says, your gold, your silver will not save you in the time of trouble. Again, am I discouraging from protecting your family, from making sure provisions are there? That's not what I'm saying. What I want to help make sure is we understand is where our heart is, where our mindset is, where our treasure is. Is it in these earthly things? Is it in these tangible things? Let's go to, uh, let's see, let's go to um, Proverbs. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 11. Shabbat shalom. Proverbs 11.4. Let this sink in. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Prepping is not a sin, but prepping your heart and your walk, your faith, your obedience, your household, your responsibilities, that's what you'll be weighed upon in the day, in the day of Yahweh's return. Let's go to Deuteronomy 6. So it said here, righteousness delivers from death. Because we all know that death is coming. Death is already here. They're killing people with whatever they're spraying in the skies, what's in foods, what's in their medicines. They're already killing people. But we know that a much bigger thing is coming than this. Deuteronomy 6.25. We should know this verse. Proverbs said, righteousness delivers from sins. Deuteronomy 6.25, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before Yahweh Elohim as he has commanded us. Make no mistake, we have nothing and we are nothing without Messiah. But it's still each and every one of our responsibility to walk in that path of righteousness as he paved the way for us to do. Amen? Let's go to 1 John 3. We're going to go all over the Bible today. 1 John 3. First John 3, verse 1. Behold, look, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of Elohim. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of Elohim, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. So there's action to be done here. Now listen, we should know this verse by verbatim. Whoever commits sin also transgresses the Torah, for sin is transgression of the Torah. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever lives in him sins not. Whosoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. Little children, listen to this very carefully. Let no one deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Hallelujah. So the proverb said, righteousness delivers from the day of trouble. Let's go back to Proverbs again. You should have been like, why, why didn't we just stay in Proverbs, Adam? Proverbs 10.
Proverbs 10, 2. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. Yahweh will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. Listen to that. That's his word. He promises that. We read that again. Yahweh will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casts away the substance of the wicked. So all these people, a lot of you probably know that there's like 13 families that own like 80 to 90% of all the wealth in the entire world. Did you all know that? Is that going to profit them anything? No. Not at all. Let's go to Ezekiel 14. So as we're discussing this, Yahuwah is not against riches. Abraham was rich. Isaac was rich. Jacob was rich. Many of the prophets of old were rich. David was rich. But as the book of Nazarene says, riches test the heart of the man. And as we're, as we're discussing this, I just want to remind ourselves to not get caught up in what the world is talking about. The world is like the Pied Piper. Everybody seen the Pied Piper? Well, they play the flute, and he takes all the children out of the city. Let's go, uh, Ezekiel 14, verse 12. The word of Yahweh came again to me, saying, Son of man, when a land sins against me by trespassing grievously, then will I stretch out my hand upon it, and I will break the staff of bread thereof, and I will send famine upon it, and will cut off man and beast from it. Listen to this. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, says Yahweh Elohim. If I cause noisome beasts to pass through the land, and they spoil it so, that it, so that it be desolate, that no man may pass through because of the beasts. Though these three men were in it as I live, says Yahweh Elohim, these shall deliver neither sons nor daughters. They only shall be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. Or if I bring sword upon the land and say, sword, go through the land, so that I cut off man and beast from it. Though these three men were in it as I live, says Yahweh they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury upon it in blood to cut off man and beast from it. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, says Yahweh they shall deliver neither son nor daughter they shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. For thus says Yahweh Elohim, how much more when I send my four sore judgments upon Jerusalem, the sword, the famine, the noisome beast, the pestilence, to cut off from it man and beast. Yet, behold, therein shall be left a remnant that shall be brought forth, both sons and daughters. Behold, they shall come forth unto you, and you shall see their way and their doings, and you shall be comforted concerning the evil that I have brought upon Jerusalem. Of course, in our time, it will be the world. Even concerning all that I have brought, up, brought upon it. And they shall comfort you when you see their ways and their doings, and you shall know that I have not done it without cause. All that I have done in it, says Yahweh Elohim. This, brothers and sisters, should put a seriousness in our heart of what's coming to this world. Much bigger crisis than your money. Let's go to... Um, Ezekiel 7. Again, we're not hearing comfy words today. 
But this is not a day for comfy words, not a time for comfy words right now. Ezekiel 7.5. This is what Yahweh Elohim says. A disaster, a unique disaster. Behold, it is coming. An end is coming. The end has come. It has awakened against you. Behold, it has come. Your doom has come to you, you inhabitant of the land. The time has come. The day is near. Panic rather than joyful shouting on the mountains. Now I will shortly pour out my wrath on you and expend my anger against you. I will judge you according to your ways. Bring on you all your abominations. My eye will have no pity, nor will I spare you. I will repay you according to your ways while your abominations are in the midst. Then you will know that I am Yahweh, that I am striking. Behold, the day, behold, it is coming. Your doom has gone forth. The rod has budded. Arrogance has blossomed. Violence has grown into a rod of wickedness. None of them shall remain. None of their people, none of their wealth, nor any eminent among them. The time has come. The day has arrived. Let neither the buyer rejoice nor the seller mourn. For wrath is against all their multitude. Indeed, the seller will not regain what he has sold as long as they both live. For the vision regarding all their multitude will not be averted, nor will any of them maintain his life by his wrongdoing. They have blown the trumpet and made everything ready, but no one is going to the battle, for my wrath is against all their multitude. The sword is is outside the city, and the plague and the famine are within. Anyone who is in the field will die by the sword, while famine and plague will consume those in the city. Even when their survivors escape, they will be on the mountains like doves of the valleys, all of them moaning, each over his own wrongdoing. All hands will hang limp, and all knees will drip with water. They will put on sackcloth, and shuddering will overwhelm them, and shame will be on their faces, and a bald patch on their heads. They will fling their silver into the streets, and their gold will become an abhorrent thing. Their silver and their gold will not be able to save them on the day of the wrath of Yahuwah. They cannot satisfy their appetite, nor can they fill their stomachs, because their wrongdoing has become a cause of stumbling. Are we getting the picture here yet? That money is useless, it's worthless. Again, I'm not discouraging having provisions for your family. But what I'm talking about here is where our mindset is, where our focus is, where our heart is. Let's go to to Esdras. To Ezra's 15. We read some of two Ezra's last week. We're going to read a couple passages we read last week and a couple we didn't. Because in two Ezra's, there's literally like direct instructions for us when all these things start happening. Two Ezra's 15, 24. So all we've been talking about so far is the, the destruction, the, the, the pain, the sorrow, all these things that are coming upon this land. Well, here we go. Woe to those who sin and do not observe my commandments, says Yahuwah. I will not spare them. Depart, you faithless children. Do not pollute my sanctuary. For Yahuwah knows all who transgress against him, and therefore he will hand them over to death and slaughter. For now calamities have come upon the whole earth, and you shall remain in them. For Elohim will not deliver you because you have sinned against him. Again, I asked, like I asked last week, what does that tell you by implication for those who do have the testimony of his son and do keep his commandments? They will be delivered. 
Brothers and sisters, I do believe we will be delivered. Is it possible that we'll be here for a time during these plagues and during all these things? Very much so, possibly. Like the children of Israel were still in Egypt when all the plagues were going on. Did it touch them? Did it come near their doorstep? Did they have darkness in their dwellings? Did anything of the plagues touch them? I believe that's what's in store for Yah's people. Those who take him seriously and that truly have the testimony of his son in their heart and that truly walk out this walk in faith and obedience. I believe there will be that protection for his people. That's what the whole Bible teaches us, does it not? Doesn't mean we won't have some tribulations and trials. That's for the proving that we're making sure that we're real, that we're for real about this walk. That's natural. But I'm talking about the day of darkness, the day of Yahweh when it comes. Second Ezra 16, if you, um, if you go to 16 real quick. In this passage here, it's a little bit longer passage, but it literally has like instructions for us when these things go, go down. This passage is called the horror of the last days. Horror, horror, sorry. I know I mix my, men, mix my letters sometimes. Second Ezra 16, 18. The beginning of sorrows when there shall be much lamentation. The beginning of famine when many shall perish. The beginning of wars when the power shall be terrified. The beginning of calamities when all shall tremble. What shall they do in these circumstances when the calamities come? Behold, famine and plague and tribulation and anguish are sent as scourges for the correction of men. Yet for all this they will not turn from their iniquities nor be always mindful of the scourges. Behold, provision will be so cheap, so easily available upon the earth that men will imagine peace is assured to them. And then the calamities shall spring upon the earth, sword, famine, great confusion. Pause there real quickly. It reminds me of what we talked about also last week with Noah. Up until the very last day, Noah was crazy, psychotic in the minds of the people. Noah, you're crazy, man. No flood coming. We've been here for thousands of years. All is well. Enjoy yourself. Eat, drink, be merry. Noah's like, repent. Serve the living Elohim. Cease from your idols. Keep the commandments of Elohim. Until that one day, it was all gone. They're all swept away. So this is what Ezra's saying here. Provisions will be so easily accessible. Everything is good. And then boom, one day, everything changes. Verse 22, for many of those who live on the earth shall perish by famine, and those who survive the famine shall die by the sword, and the dead shall be cast out like dung. You hear that? And there shall be no one to console them, for the earth shall be left desolate, and its city shall be demolished. No one shall be left to cultivate the earth or to sow it. The tree shall bear fruit, but who will gather it? The grapes shall ripen, and who will tread them? For in all places there shall be great solitude. One man will long to see another or even hear his voice. For out of a city, ten shall be left. And out of the field, two who have hidden themselves in the thick groves and the clefts of the rock. As in an olive orchard, three or four olives may be left on a tree. Or as when a vineyard is gathered, some clusters may be left by those who search carefully through the vineyard. So in those days, three or four shall be left by those who search their houses with the sword. And the earth shall be left desolate, and the fields shall be for briars, and its roads and all its paths shall bring forth thorns, because no sheep will go along them. Virgins, virgins shall mourn, because they have no bridegrooms. Women shall mourn, because they have no husbands. 
Their daughters shall mourn because they have no helpers. Their bridegrooms shall be killed in war, and their husbands shall perish of famine. Here we go. Here's our instructions. Listen now to these things and understand them, O servants of Yahuwah. Behold the word of Yahuwah. Receive it or receive him, and do not disbelieve what Yahuwah says. Behold, the calamities draw near and are not delayed, just as when a woman with child in the ninth month in the time of her delivery draws near, has great pains about her womb for two or three hours beforehand. And when the child comes forth from the, from the womb, there will be not a moment's delay. So it's like all this build up, build up, build up, and then boom, it's time. So the calamities will not delay in coming forth upon the earth, and the world will groan, and pains will seize it on every side. Hear my words, O my people. Prepare for battle. And in the midst of the calamities, be like strangers on the earth. That is what we need to hear right now. What does it mean to be a stranger on the earth? And in other translations, be like a pilgrim on the earth. That means we know that this place right here is just temporary. Right? Our money, our dollars, our gold, our silver, our homes, our campers, our cars. Poof, gone in an instant. It won't matter. None of it. Again, none of these things are wrong. It's not wrong to have a home and have a car and have possessions. But the reason I want to discuss this is because all these things are so temporary. And let us not set our heart on these things. Because guess what? The whole world right now is scurrying. People are pulling their cash out of banks. And I'm not judging anyone if you pulled your cash out of your bank. That's not the point. All I'm saying is let's not go step in step with the world and the direction that they're going. Right? So let's go back here, back to it. So the, the, these are important words. Verse 40 again. Hear my words, O my people. Prepare for battle. And in the midst of the calamities, be like strangers on the earth, like sojourners. Let him that sells be like one who will flee. And let him that buys be like one who will lose. Let him that does business be like one who will not make a profit. And let him that builds a house be like one who will not live in it. And let him that sows be like one who will not reap. So also him that prunes the vines like one who will not gather the grapes. Them that marry like those who will have no children. And them that do not marry because, uh, uh, like those who are widowed. Because those who labor, labor in vain. For strangers shall gather their fruits and plunder their goods. And overthrow their houses and take their children captive. For in captivity and famine they will beget their children. Those who conduct business do it only to be plundered. The more they adorn their cities, their houses and possessions and their persons. The more angry I will be with them for their sins, says Yahuwah. Just as a respectable and virtuous woman abhors a harlot, so righteousness shall abhor iniquity when she decks herself out and shall accuse her to her face when he comes who will defend him, who searches out every sin on the earth. So all these things are going on. Let's be like pilgrims, like strangers. You got something, brother? What you got? Right. That's the context of when a smaller town came, that the statement was made to the eyes of the hill, but to and fro across the whole earth, and for a man in whom it was told such shall be. And in time of calamity, Asa didn't speak Yah like he did so 
trusted in his own wisdom. He trusted in his own strength. He trusted in his own uh, devices. He trusted in what he had. And later on, of course, he was, had the disease in his feet. And once again, he trusted in the physicians rather than trusting in Yah. And what you're describing so clearly and so wonderfully is all the external things we can rely upon. Money, resources, provision, preparations. But what is Yah looking for? He's looking for us to learn to trust in him. And there's no real command in Torah specifically to pray, but it's explicit throughout all of the examples of Torah is a reliance upon him. You brought out the concept of being his sons. And it says, as, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. As many are rely upon his spirit, these are the sons. What is righteousness? Righteousness is following his commands. Righteousness, his commands are the what? Prayer is the how. You know, he says all these things he has given unto us, right? He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But what is the means of acquisition? The means of acquisition is prayer. And so in times of trouble, what do we seek? Do we seek the external do we seek the provisions we've laid up for ourselves? Do we seek the bug out bags that we've created? Do we seek this or do we seek that? If we fail to recognize the need to seek him and him alone to give us the specific directives, not just in the tangible, but most ideally in the spiritual of relying upon him. That's the lesson of lessons. That's the overarching command that is interwoven within every single Torah command. And if we learn to rely upon him, because we can follow Torah and still be focused on the external. Are we going to learn to walk out Torah by his strength? Are we going to learn to rely upon him in times of trouble? This is the overarching lesson that underlies all lessons. And I would just, I, I, as you bring this forth so timely, I just want to bring out how that connects back to the individual reliance upon him through the medium of day to day, moment by moment, seeking of his direction and of calling out for his provision. Uh, kind of like uh, Noah and Daniel, what were these men of? They were men of prayer. And we must become men of prayer. Because it's in times of trouble. Why is he bringing us trouble? He's bringing us trouble to provoke us to seek his proximity. To focus, to recognize that no external provision is adequate. But he and he alone is our adequacy. And so we seek his face in all things. And, I, and, and, and that's what you're bringing out is a thread throughout what you're saying. And I just wanted to bring out that direct dynamic of why are we not spending adequate time in the direct pursuit of his presence? I know what he's saying to me because I'm trying, he's trying to teach me the same lesson. As I'm walking through some of the greatest battles of my life, I recognize where is the biggest area in which I'm failing? The biggest area in which I'm failing is disciplining myself to take time to actually pray through every trouble that's coming 
and not just taking external actions to solve it, but seek to him. He is the one that will solve it. He is the one that provides the strength. He is the one that provides the specific direction. And why am I not providing adequate prayer cover? When it comes down to it, it's one thing and one thing only. It's just like I said. If I'm seeking natural solutions, I'm not seeking him in the country that we all look to, the country that we're longing for, the country and the kingdom that is to come. We must, like he said in, in, the, in, 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 in the prayer instruction, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Are we longing for that country to come by living in its principles day to day, pulling from heaven that which is needed on earth, which is happens through the medium of prayer. That, I believe, is the lesson of lessons. That is why the trouble comes to provoke us into that place. And so that's just what courses in me that I wanted to throw in to uh, the overall message. Thanks, brother. Thank you, friend. Thank you, brother. Let's... Uh Hallelujah. Let's go to um, let's go to Jeremiah nine. Jeremiah nine twenty three. Thus says Yahuwah. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am Yahuwah, which exercise loving kindness, right ruling, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says Yahuwah. So as, uh, as Curtis was saying, rightly so, this, his true fear, trusting in him, is the true riches of our walk. Let's go to Proverbs 2. Proverbs 2. Proverbs 2. And we're going to shift over to the true riches of this world. My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with you, so that you incline your ear unto wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hid treasures, then you shall understand the fear of Yahuwah and find the knowledge of Elohim. For Yahuwah gives wisdom out of his mouth and comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He is our shield, right? Like that Psalm 3, he's our shield. He's a shield for us, those that trust in him. Verse 8, he keeps the paths of judgment and preserves the way of his saints. Then shall you understand righteousness and right ruling and equity in every good path. When wisdom enters into your heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto your soul. Discretion shall preserve you. 
understanding shall keep you to deliver you from the way of the evil man and from the man that speaks forward things. So it's when we focus on his ways and hide his commandments in our heart and when we search after his ways like people search after silver, these things shall guard us and shall protect us. That's his promise to us. Let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 25. No, you know what? Let's see. Actually, let's go to uh, sorry, verse 21. No, 19. <laughs> I shouldn't keep reading more. Matthew six nineteen. So again, this is kind of getting really, what Curtis said was perfect, and what we're getting to here is really the heart of the message here. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust does corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Now listen, this, is, this verse is the heart of the message. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What is your, and pause real quickly, and this is why I wanted to kind of catch myself and maybe anyone else there, because I was looking into these bank things. I wanted to know what's going on. We just had a, a discussion the last couple of weeks about staying awake and being aware of what's going on. But like this thing just, it was like pounded, pounded. It's like everyone's talking about this, right? And my, my point is, what what we're focusing on, how much time are we spending on looking and caring about the financial collapse? How much time are we spending in his word and refining our walks in righteousness and training up our children, the things that actually matter, of putting our fear in him? So verse 21 is the heart of what I wanted to say here. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? And listen, we have to make a decision in the coming days. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve Elohim and money. Again, money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all evil is what Paul says. We can't serve both. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what, shall you, what, shall, I'm sorry, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Do we believe that if there is a financial collapse and there's no more food on the, on the shelves anymore, do you believe that our Father can feed us? That's a question. Do you really believe that? Then what are we worried about? Seriously. What are we stressed out about? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto a stature? And why do you take thought for your raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
Wherefore, if Elohim so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the other nations seek. And that's what you're seeing right now. Everyone's buying into the fear. That's the current flavor right now, fear of money, fear of losing your wealth and your money. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of Elohim and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let me read that again. Seek ye first the king. So don't worry about your provisions. That doesn't mean stop working and just lay there in bed and be like, you're going to provide everything, right? That's not what it means. Seek ye first the kingdom of Elohim and his righteousness. Remember Deuteronomy 6.25? And it shall be our righteousness if we keep all the commandments of Yahuwah Elohim. And all these things shall be added unto you. What I have learned, you all know, a lot of you know my story. If not, if there's room, if there's time today, I'll tell you my, te- my testimony today. But what was in my heart... What were these things? Money, wealth, possessions. That was in my heart, right? But it never filled my heart. I always wondered why. I'm like, I have everything that I want, but I'm still not happy. What I've learned and what this verse is exactly true is if your mind is focused on him and his ways, his kingdom and kingdom things and his righteousness, he's like, I'm going to give you all that stuff anyways, You can have these things. You can have the house. You can have the car. Whatever. I'll give it to you. But seek me first. And that's the point of this message today is don't buy into this fear and keep your fear on him. Keep your eyes on him, not on your bank accounts, not how much gold and silver you have, not how much your Bitcoin balance is. I'm talking to myself for all these things because my eyes have looked on these things. And it's been a test for me and for a lot of people. Where is your eyes? Where is your focus? Keep it on him. Like Peter, remember? when Peter's like, hey, if that's really you, let me, let me walk out to you on the water. And he did, and it worked. But then the wind started, and he's like, oh, no, and then he fell, right? If he kept his eyes on Yahusha, I'm not judging Peter. He's a way greater man than me and all of us here. But there's obviously a lesson to learn, be learned here. Had he kept his eyes on Yahusha and not worried about the prevailing winds, the winds of testing all around, he wouldn't have fallen. So verse Verse 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I was just talking to Brian a few minutes ago. Uh, I also used to struggle with anxiety big time. And I would be the guy that would wake up at like 3 in the morning and be like, I didn't send out that email. I didn't talk to that, that customer. I forgot to get back to them. What am I going to do tomorrow? And i like, I can't sleep, right? And I used to have just have this anxiety. But coming back to his word, praise God, he delivered me. Praise God for that. So anyways, wise words of Messiah and very timely. Um, let's go to Luke 21 real quick. Luke 21. I'm almost, I'm almost done. Um, kind of almost done, not really. Luke 21. Hope you guys aren't pressed for time. Luke 21. Uh, Luke 21, 25. <clears throat> So he tells us all these things are going to happen so that we don't have to be fearful when they happen. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexities. It's going to be very confusing. The sea and the waves roaring. Right back to Peter, that Peter thing. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Right now, it's money. Well, what's, what's next month going to bring? Maybe it's asteroids are coming, right? 
or, or maybe this big city is coming out of the air and coming. Right? Who, who knows whatever flavor they're selling here? What they have, they've got Space Force now, and maybe they might employ them to, to guard our, our outer space and atmosphere. Yeah, right. Verse 27, And then they shall see the Son of Adam coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. So seeing these things happening, again, as we mentioned weeks ago, nobody in here really wants to see war and see people die and famine and pestilence. But there is got to be something in us that's like, when these things begin to pass, then look up, for your redemption draws nigh. And I am looking for that day. Praise be to Yah. Verse 29, And he spoke unto them a parable. Behold, the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know you that the kingdom of Elohim is nigh at hand. It's been taught for many years that the 1948 state of Israel is the beginning of this fig tree generation. Um, I'm here to tell you that I believe that's incorrect. I believe it's you people sitting right here is the fig tree generation. A group of people waking back up and having faith in Messiah, his son whom he sent to offer up his blood for us and to walk in his commandments. That's his fig tree generation. And he says this generation will not pass until we see all these things come to pass. Verse 32, amen, I, oh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, verse 32, amen, I say unto you, this nation shall not pass away till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And listen, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. That's what they're selling, is cares of this life. So that you, that day come upon you unawares. And by the way, if you don't know that word surfeiting, uh, it means like stuffing your face and overeating. So those of us that have issues with that, let's take hold of that, okay? That struck my heart. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't want to be uh, a overeater. What's that word um, that we, we, in the fourth Maccabees? Gormandizing. That's your homework. Look up the word gormandizing. We don't want to be gormandizers, okay? All right? All right. Um, let's go to Sirach 2. That's also known as Ecclesiasticus. Sirach 2. Sirach 2. We'll read this passage. There's two verses I want to read in the book of Nazarene, and then we'll get to the worship music. So Linden, Linden group, if you guys want to come up, we're getting toward the end here. So Sirach 2, chapter, seven, uh, chapter 2, verse 7. Listen to this. Listen closely. Please, you who fear Yahuwah, wait for his mercy, and turn not aside lest you fall. And you who fear Yahuwah, trust in him. This is what Curtis was saying. Our trust is in him. That's the real test here. He's allowing all these things to happen to test the whole world. Are we going to pass? You who fear Yahuwah, trust in him, and your reward will not fail. And you who fear Yahuwah, hope for good things, for everlasting joy and mercy. Listen to this. It's like one of the best verses in the entire Bible. Consider the, the ancient generations and see whoever trusted in Yahuwah and was put to shame, or whoever persevered in the fear of Yahuwah and was forsaken, or whoever called upon him and was overlooked. The answer is nobody. And do you believe that promise is here for us too? That's a question. I say yes. For Yahuwah is compassionate and merciful. He forgives sins and saves in time of affliction. Woe to timid hearts. 
and to slack hands and the sinner who walks along two ways. Woe to the faint heart, for it has no trust. Therefore, it will be sheltered. Many times in the past, especially the book of Isaiah, Yahweh rebuked Judah for trusting in, uh, in Pharaoh and trusting in Egypt. I'm here to tell you I believe America is end times Egypt, and we have a Pharaoh. Don't look to these people for your trust. Look to Yahuwah. Woe to the faint heart, for it has no trust, therefore it will not be sheltered. Woe to you who have lost your endurance. What will you do when Yahuwah punishes you? Those who fear Yahuwah will not disobey his words, and those who love him will keep his ways. Those who fear Yahuwah will seek his approval, and those who love him will be filled with a Torah. That's how we show our love for him. We can, we can say it with our lips. We can draw close to him with our mouths, right? But we honor him with keeping his commandments. You children out there, what was your memory verse? John 14, uh, John 14 15. If you love me, kids, where are you at? Children. If you love me, keep my commandments. Good job. Good job. All right, we're going to have to work on that. Uh, homework. Homework. Some of you did homework. Well done. Well done. Homework this week. Read the book of Jasher, chapter 65, right? You, what you'll learn is that when Pharaoh and all of his cohorts were starting to put the children of Israel in slavery, they did it by step by step, little by little. That's what this world has been doing, by the way, is the, the frog in a boiling pot mentality. It starts off cool, and then it starts getting warmer and warmer. It just stays in there, and it gets burned. It's cooked. That's what happened to the children of Israel. They, they stepped into slavery. But guess what? The Levites, it says not a single of the Levites went to that work because they're like, I see your deception. So keep that in mind with the world as it keeps preaching the deception. Two passages, two verses from uh, Nazarene, the book of the Nazarene. By the way, if you haven't seen the video uh, put out uh, about St. Patrick's Day um, yesterday, or a couple days ago, long story short, all right, this guy Patrick what came from the Celtic church the Celtic church were the preservers of the Shabbat, the feast days, the cl uh, clean eating, right? They were the preservers of the way. They were the preservers of this book, the book of Nazarene. I want to read a couple passages for you. Chapter 3, verse 38. The impoverished servant was unable to understand why the other had been given a gift and freedom while he was enslaved for being unable to repay. Why he who had money was given more. Yet I say to you, this is the way of the Father, who gives, who gives trusteeship of earth's bounty to his children. Likewise, even more importantly, listen, they are given talents of spiritual gold, which are greater than any earthly silver. But these many choose to bury in the ground. For them, the day of accounting must surely come. Keep that in mind, brothers and sisters. He's given us much more than money to pay for our mortgages and rent and car payments and whatever. He's given us talents of spiritual gold, which is way worth more than any of that stuff. How are you using it, right? Last passage. That was Nazarene chapter 3, verse 38. This is chapter 6, verse 24. Listen to this. Yahushua said, A man without the light places his faith in gold, bearing it in the ground so that it will support him in the day of adversity. Yet what benefit does it bestow if he never needs it? He worries continually and must be constantly on guard lest he be robbed. And when he dies... His inheritors spend it. Listen to this. Yet by charitable deeds and self-restraint, a greater treasure which cannot be taken by robbers or dissipated by others can be laid up openly and without fear. Hallelujah. All right. Let's stand up, y'all.
All right, everyone. Before we start, I just want to ask everybody, who, who knows someone in their life who has one foot in and one foot out? One foot in the world, one foot out. I do, for sure. You know, the worst way to, to gather those people into the, into the way, into the truth, and get both of their feet in is to yell at them and to tell them they're wrong for doing that. The worst possible way is telling them, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. The best possible way, love them like Yeshua loved the, the prostitutes, the tax collectors. Best possible way is to love them so that they can see in themselves a lifestyle that is against and contrary to the word that they look at you and say, wow, that person looks like Yeshua. And they're keeping Torah. Actually, maybe I should do that fully because I feel like some of the things I'm doing are kind of contradictory. You know, maybe that's what we can encourage them to do is to look, look and act and live like Yeshua. They all need help. They need help. Everyone in this world needs help. And the people who are in the world specifically and who are questioning things and, and not sure where, where to go with all this knowledge, they need help. And this song, Psalm 121, is, is where does, does our help come from? Where does our help come from? The maker of heaven and earth. Yahuwah. My help comes from Yahuwah who made heaven and earth. He is the one who will lead them. He is the one who will guide them. That's why all you got to do is look and act like Yeshua. Love them. And you might not, hey, you know, you might not go to that restaurant with them or whatever. You might not do this one thing with them or watch that movie or whatever, you know, with them. But you can at least be like Yeshua and love them and maybe and pray and believe that the maker of heaven and earth will lead them into the truth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He will help you in times of trouble. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's raise our, arm, our arms into the shamayim. Let's pray before we get into worship, and then we'll shout with the loudest we possibly can. We'll shout hallelujah after we, after we pray. Well, Father in heaven, we love you, and we thank you for everything you've provided. And we thank you just for this gathering, this Kodesh gathering, that we're able to come together and praise your most Kodesh name. And Father, I just pray that every single person here would uh, just uh, continue to, to love you, to seek you, and that their hearts would be softened, that they'd continue to, to, to be molded by you, the one who's the, the potter. And we are the clay that you're, sh you're shaping and molding and forming. And I pray that we would all be willing to conform to your statutes and ordinances, your ways. And, Father, I just pray that you would continue to guide us in paths of righteousness, the path of righteousness. We lift our eyes up to you, our, our Heavenly Father, the maker of heaven and earth. And we know that you will provide all that we need. You will help us. You will show us the way. As you showed us before in getting us here, you will continue to show us more and more of where we are to go. We trust you, we love you, and we put our faith in you, and we worship your Kodesh name above every other name. We thank you, Yahuwah, and your son, Yahshua HaMashiach. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And we all say, ready? Hallelujah! I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from Yahuwah who made heaven and earth. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? 
will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Yahuwah is your keeper. Yahuwah is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. For Yahuwah will surely protect you. Oh, Yahuwah will protect you from all evil. He'll keep your soul. Yahuwah will guard your going out and your coming in forever. Oh, Yahuwah will protect you from all evil. He'll keep your soul. Oh, Yahuwah will guard your going From this time forth and forever, from this time forth and forever. Decided, you know, yes, this is definitely a song that is relating to what we're talking about right now. Um, so praise Yah, another, another Yahuwah, Yahuwah non-coincidence <laughs> that Yah has given us. This, you know, we are, we are in a world full of corruption, but Yahuwah is our anchor. Amen? So this song may not be like your stereotypical worship song that you would sing in, you know, well, I don't know, the churches that you probably, <laughs> we don't want stereotypical. And I praise Yah for that because... I'm still, you know, I'm still growing and get, getting myself out of that mentality as a, a previous worship pastor. So, you know, uh, I, I think of songs differently, and now I'm starting to kind of change my, my way of doing things. But this, so this song, you know, it's definitely not stereotypical, but we're going to sing it together, and we're going to worship Yah. He is my anchor when I'm wrestling the storm. He is my anchor I rely on in the war. He is my anchor, and I shall not be afraid no weapon formed against me shall prosper, for surely he is my anchor. Amen? Tossed to and fro, as dark waves start to grow, 
The evening breezes turn by the waters on our stern. Ships find their way to the bottom of a deep blue grave. It's those aboard believe that hope lies where they be. The chance of those that see. The world does also seem We're safe here in our ship Trust the boat and hold your grip The lies are all around The truth is hardly found But burning this sailor's heart Is the way of the set-up bar Yeshua is my rock and salvation I trust in his foundation He's my anchor when I'm wrestling the storm He's my anchor, I rely on him the war He's my anchor, I shall not be afraid No weapon formed against me shall prosper For surely he is my anchor in the storm As trials come like waves, the called out find their faith. Among the many lost, the faithful find the cost. And choose whom you will serve, Yahuwah or the wretched world. There's only one way to find hope that never dies. Yeshua is my rock and salvation I trust in His foundation He's my anchor when I'm wrestling the storm He's my anchor, I rely on in the war He's my anchor, I shall not be afraid No weapon formed against me shall prosper For surely He is my anchor and the storm
Praise Yah. I'll praise Yah. Can you guys hear the violin okay? It's sounding real quiet up here, so. <laughs> Give it a little bit. Can you, can you take the knob on vi the violin channel and just knock it up just a little bit? It's a little quiet. Yeah, I don't, it's a, it should be labeled there. To flee at the name of Yeshua. Oh, the devil has to flee at the name of Yeshua. Oh, the devil has to flee at the name of Yeshua. Yes, we believe. Oh, the devil has to flee at the name of Yeshua. It's when we lift your name, the devil has to run. Oh, yeah, we give you praise for deliverance has come. Oh, when we lift your name, the darkness flees. Oh, yeah, we give you praise for we have been set free. Is our worship of Yahuwah. Oh, our weapon is a worship of Yahuwah. Oh, our weapon is our worship of Yahuwah. Yes, we believe. Oh, our weapon is a worship of Yahuwah. Cause when we lift your name, the devil has to run. Oh, yeah, we give you praise for deliverance has come. Oh, when we lift your name, the darkness flees. Oh, yeah, we give you praise for we have been set free. The darkness shall prosper as we lift you higher in praise and jubilation. So don't be ashamed, lift your hands and let's praise the one who brings salvation. The darkness shall prosper as we lift you higher in praise and jubilation. So don't be ashamed, lift your hands and let's praise the one who brings salvation. The darkness shall prosper as we lift you higher in praise and jubilation. So don't be ashamed, lift your hands and let's praise the one who brings salvation. The darkness shall prosper as we lift you higher in praise and jubilation. So don't be ashamed, lift your hands and let's praise the one who brings When we lift your name, the devil has to run. Oh, yeah, we give you praise for deliverance has come. Oh, when we lift your name, the darkness flees. Oh, yeah, we give you 
praise for we have been set free and we live your name the devil has to run oh yeah we give you praise for deliverance has come when we live your name the darkness flees oh yeah we give you praise oh we have been set free Cause when we lift your name, the devil has to run. Oh, yeah, we give you praise for deliverance has come. When we lift your name, the darkness flees. Oh, yeah, we give you praise for we have been saved. As we lift your name, Yahuwah. Amen. Amen. If you can give the manna from the sky. And lead us cloud by day and fire by night. If you can make the waters divide into your land, we safely arrive. But surely in all things, Yahuwah. For by the word we are fed, you're our daily bread. Yes, we rely on you, Yahuwah, a strong refuge. For by the word we are fed, you're our daily Turn the water into wine And make the lame to walk and heal the blind If you can raise the dead back to life Then surely in all things Yahuwah provides Oh, yes, He provides We rely A strong refuge for by a word we are fit for our daily bread. Yes, we rely on you, Yahuwah. A strong refuge for by a word we are fit for our daily bread. 
Cause everything is worth the loss for death is gain and life is in your midst. Your words a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. It's a rock on which we stand. Oh, you're the rock on which we stand. We rely on you, Yahuwah, strong refuge. But by your word, we are fed. You're our daily bread. Yes, we rely on you, Yahuwah. A strong refuge for by a word we are fed for our daily bread for our daily bread for our daily bread Thank you for your word, which is our daily bread, which feeds us and satisfies us. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you for satisfying us, for providing everything we need. We rely on you, our strong refuge. I find it no coincidence that this place, this area that you have led us to is called Ozark, which means strong refuge in Hebrew. Oh, yeah, you are doing great, marvelous, and wonderful things. We find ourselves often going through struggles and trials and tribulation. And I'm sure many of us, I know myself included, have complained very often before you, Father. But you are so gracious and merciful. And you pick us up. You show us exactly what you're doing. You teach us lessons. You discipline. You chastise your children so that we may learn and grow and develop into the faithful servants that we're called to be. May we choose to serve you only. May we choose to walk in your statutes. May we face up against the, the world and in boldness and in faith proclaim the name of Yah. Not be afraid, because you are with us. We rely on you who provides our every need. Thank you, Yah, for all that you're doing. Thank you for all that you are going to do. We trust in you. We thank you for your son, Yeshua, who sets us free. It's in your name we pray. Amen. <laughs> 